Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. Now, I think that, and here's where, here's where I'll mess with you a little bit, uh, I think that a lot of Christians actually believe what I just said. And a lot of Christians would even argue for what I just said. Well, of, of, of course, uh, my self-esteem is based on God. It's really, it's really God-esteem. It's how God sees me, of course. And, and uh, uh, well, yes, you know, I know that, I know Psalm 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and, and I, I, you know, I know that, that he loves me. And, you know, I, I memorized John 3, 16 years ago, for God so loved. And then I put my name in there, you know, for God so loved uh, that he uh, gave his only begotten son. And, and uh, you know, and I memorized Romans 5, 8, that while we were yet sinners, uh, Christ died for us. And, uh, you know, I'm very aware of these scriptures. And, and so many believers, I think, have at their core a foundation of knowing that God loves them. And we've had God loves you sermons for the last 20 years or 30 years. We st- we've pretty well stopped preaching uh, legalistic sermons. We've actually, for the most part, stopped preaching on sin. And we've been preaching love for at least the last 20 years. Um, But here's what I think. I think that, uh, again, planting goodness in your garden does not alleviate badness. Is it your heart is like a garden? And uh, and so, you know, if I have a garden bed out in the back or whatever, uh, even Jesus said, we have a real problem. He said, uh, this is the parable of the sower. Uh, we have a real problem where this good so- seed, this good seed is sown on particular types of ground and it doesn't bear fruit. It will only bear fruit on the good ground. So some of the ground, this is Luke 8 and Matthew 13, starting at verse 11 in Luke 8, it says the seed is the word of God. Then he goes on to tell us about the parable. Uh, He says some of the seed is sown on rocky ground. Uh, He says some of the seed is sown on ground, but yet um, there's already other competing items in the ground. So it says these other competing items grow up, and he calls them uh, cares or worries or anxieties. Uh, pleasures, um, and concerns over riches. There's three items that he mentions. Uh, So he says that those other things actually will grow up and they will choke out the seed. How many of us uh, have all, you know, we've received the seeds of renewal but we still keep falling prey to the ministry of looking for approval, performing to get approval, uh, judging people who don't give us proper approval. You see, if we're need-based, if we're need-based, 
then we're constantly subconsciously evaluating how people feed our need. If we're source-based, we don't even think about our need getting feed, but we think about feeding others. We're constantly thinking Jesus was the ultimate source-based human. And that is a big part of how he fulfilled Acts 10.38. Jesus was anointed of God who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, right? A big, uh, just a major factor of that is not just the anointing. We want the anointing. We want to speak in tongues more. We want more glory. We want to shake and tremble, more goosebumps. And if we just had more anointing, then we could do this. Really? Maybe. But what if you're need-based, fear-based? What if you're still being ministered to by those voices? Then will you have the boldness? Will you have the perspective? I think part of what allowed him to fulfill what we read of in Acts 10.38 and in other passages, yes, anointed by God, but this sonship that he had. See, I think, uh, I think when the dove showed up in, in Luke 4, Matthew 4, when the dove, sh- dove showed up, he comes up out of the water, the dove shows up, giant booming voice, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Right? I think when that happened, we have to realize that that same exact voice wants to be the preeminent, predominant ministry to our own ears as well. So regardless of what, again, we we have to move into justification. His righteousness declares us justified. We're associated with him and made one. That's what common union is about. The same voice that boomed over him, we have to know that same voice is booming over us. But knowing all of that, knowing all of that and not doing damage, we have to, having that knowledge, do massive damage to any voice that contradicts his voice, Father's voice, that would say over you, this is my beloved daughter, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. In Restored Life, we're here to help you overcome the sabotaging factors of life. So many things want to sabotage our lives and our destiny. And God has given us keys to remove those sabotaging roadblocks, roadblocks of the flesh, the carnal nature of the enemy, and to get us into a restored place. Remember, the restored life is not getting back what you once had, but it's getting back what you never had. God has something so good for you. God has such a great future for you. He's getting you back on plan A, out of plan B, out of plan C, restoring you fully 
and restoring you to the garden, to the promise, to the place and the land, to the destiny and the destination that you've never even had yet. I encourage you to keep listening. Today we're dealing with rejection and the power of rejection and inferiority. These are such powerful enemies of our destiny and of our success. And I encourage you to listen in today, grow, and get all that you possibly can from God's Word to overcome rejection and inferiority. God bless you. And the seed which, this is verse 14, and the seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. Now, I'll give you a thought, but again, I think that Again, those items right there, worries, pleasures, and riches, are interrelated to us trying to fill our papa void. The less, the less we do damage to the ministry of rejection and inferiority, the more it will minister to us regardless of what we know in the Word. Why? Because it will choke out the word, and if it's choking out the word, then subconsciously we will continue to seek worth and value in stuff, in riches, pleasures, and cares and concerns. Again, going back to this idea that uh, we've got this papa void, this, this, this hungry soul, and if we are not filling it with his affirming word over us, subconsciously we will seek to fill it some other way. Uh, so the masculine midlife crisis is, you know, you hit 50 and you realize what you have not accomplished. You're sobered in what you've not accomplished. You seek to somehow absolutely change your life because of the gravity of you feeling worthless. And so, you know, it's not a it's not a uh, a joke or a statistical myth. It's really true. All sorts of guys hit about fifty, fifty one, fifty two, change their wife, change their car, change their job, change everything, change everything. What are they looking for? They're trying to fill that God void. Get a Corvette, get a new wife, get a this, get a that, whatever. Move to a new city, abandon your children. I mean, it, it happens all of the time. Okay, what is it? It is it is that striving to fill that God void. So what I'm saying is that even even as believers, even as believers, if we are not filling the God void with God's word over us, if we are not doing damage to the ministry of rejection and inferiority, then we too will seek, and I'm not saying everybody that buys an RV is trying to, or a Corvette, or a Harley, is trying to fill some void within them. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We are so glad that you're with us. We want you to call today, 922-1502. That's the 253 area code. Or email us as well at the Restored Institute, Institute at gmail, 
Restored Institute, all lowercase gmail. God bless you. We're going back into the program now. Because there's another way to live, right? There's fear-based and there's faith-based. There's another way to live. Uh, if you're living out of the knowledge and the freedom of a delivered heart, if you're the living out of love and if you're living as a source, then you aren't looking for stuff to tell you who you are. You can have stuff because of who you are. It's a totally different world. It also helps a lot with the fruit of the Spirit, right? Because uh, failure, failure in any endeavor is not my identity. If I have, if I have not done massive damage to the ministry of inferiority and rejection, if I've not beat the crud out of it, if I'm not confronting it, if I'm not driving it out, if I'm not mesmerized by it, playing with it, seduced by it, thinking it's me, oh yeah, this is just, this is just me. No, it's not you. It's a demonic power ministering to you. It is not a part of the new creation. It is not your new life in Christ. It is not flowing out of the Holy Spirit. It's flowing out of an unholy spirit. If you're not beating the poo out of it, driving it out of your heart, then you continue to operate out of this need-based, faith-based mindset and perspective. Well, this, this feeds all of the works of the flesh. It feeds all of the works of the flesh because, because when you fail, then you're a failure. So you can't fail because if you fail, you'll be seen as a failure. You cannot stand being seen as a failure, so you cannot stand failing. If somebody makes you fail, partners with you in failure, if they're a part of your failure, a spouse, a family member, a kid going AWOL, if somehow you look to be a failure, you could be very angry with them, very frustrated with them, very short-tempered with them, no fruit of the Spirit here whatsoever. Why? Because they are subtly attacking your identity and your worth. You can't allow that. That's not good. Now you feel worse about yourself than you did feel about yourself. You see what I'm saying? Am I making sense? Yes? So again, this, this means a need-based or a fear-based, inferiority, rejection-based ministry to your heart will also promote... The works of the flesh, anger, fighting, strife, quarreling, jealousy, envy, gossip, slander, worry, competition, hatred, bitterness. All of these attributes will be exacerbated. They will all be magnified because life is throwing you curves and those curves are ministering to your identity proving to you that you are no good, you're not worthwhile, you're not a success, you're not an overcomer, you're not making it over the top, you're not... You know, and that will all set you up for depression or various kinds of addiction. Why? Because all pain, even emotional pain, has to be medicated. All pain has to be medicated. Now again, I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to a major, major, major 
uh, part of what I'm saying tonight that I think is very important. Uh, even though we've had 20 years or more of preaching on love, we haven't had good preaching on deliverance. And so instead of just getting built up more in love, which there's value in that, there's value in getting built up in love. I'm not against the love preaching. I think we need more love preaching. I'm, I'm all for the love preaching. But if we sow all these good love seeds in your garden and we do not uproot the performance seeds, the worthless seeds, the seeds of injury, the seeds of abuse, the seeds of self-hatred, the ministry, the source basis of the ministry of inferiority and rejection, then it's those, it's the unclean side, it's the weed-based side that will grow up and choke out the Word. Restored life is the ministry built and developed, designed to help you rebuild your foundation and restore your garden. We know that every single person faces sabotage, difficulties, every kind of obstacle and oppressive power to harm and to ruin their future. And so we are here to help you get restored and discover how to walk in restoration. Call us today, 253-922-1502, 253-922-1502, and ask about the Restored Life classes today. So, so your reflex when life hits, your reflex when life hits will not be a Holy Ghost reflex it will be a carnal reflex. It will be a, you follow what I'm saying? So even though, uh, even though you can call me and counsel me and tell me what to do when there's no pressure on you, you can call me and tell me, well, Dwayne, don't you know God loves you and, and, and you, you have an identity in Christ and and you are of great worth, and you can quote me scriptures and tell me how much God loves me. And, and, and no, I didn't mean that. When I didn't talk to you in the foyer, I didn't at all mean that I didn't care for you or when I didn't acknowledge you or when I didn't greet you or when I didn't call you up or when I... When it, no, I wasn't ignoring you whatsoever. I, I was, I, you know, I, Dwayne, don't you know? You could counsel me on the phone, but when... The rubber hits the road in the pressure of your own life. You may react yourself after just counseling me with your own husband, child, neighbor, or church member. You may react out of rejection. What? Didn't they notice my new hairdo? I can't believe they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't recognize. You know, it's interesting. How many people? How many people have cut you off in relationships? because you weren't affirming. And it's also interesting for us to think about how many people have we ourselves uh, uh, found reasons to avoid because they weren't very affirming. Instead of, instead of tapping deeply into God and um, doing great damage to the enemy uh, until we... Uh, beat those voices up. When we think about, I am crucified in Christ, Galatians 2.20. Well, who is crucified in Christ? Well, the old 
Adamic nature, the old Adamic person, is crucified in Christ. Well, again, most of the time we go right to moral failure. We go right to, um, you know, we go right to sins like smoking, drinking, chewing, and running with the girls that do. Uh, you know, uh, typically we go right to these, um, and maybe we go right to the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments or something. Um, you know, so thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not sleep with thy neighbor's wife, thou shalt not steal his goods. We go right to the Ten Commandments maybe. But sometimes we don't consider that rejection is a part of the old nature. It doesn't belong to the new nature. Rejection and inferiority do not belong to the new nature. They do not belong to Christ. They were not a part of his identity. They had no power over him. They could not minister to him. They did not seduce him. He did not, not operate out of what people thought. Uh, he came with the fullness of grace, John 1, 14 through 16, but he came with the fullness of truth, right? Uh, so he didn't just go along to get along. He spoke the truth, and I think uh, sometimes that's what he meant in John eight thirty one: the truth will set you free. The truth you speak, the truth you acknowledge, the truth you bring forth, the truth you walk in is a very freeing thing. It's a very powerful, freeing thing. To tell the truth is a very powerful, freeing thing. So when we think about Jesus, Jesus was, he was not the embodiment of rejection. He didn't struggle with a rejection identity. And so you have been made one with him. So when this when this ministers to you, it is not the Holy Spirit. And again, I'm, I'm, keeping com I'm going to keep coming back to this. When this ministers to you, uh, even if what it says is true, there's a higher truth, right? Is there not a higher truth? While we look not at the things that are seen, but we look at the things that are unseen, we have to look at the eternal word. We have to look at a higher truth. So if if the enemy points at something that's true, like for instance, let's see, let's say he says um, you're not successful, nor are you significant, based on your bank account, because your bank account is very small. Uh, could that be true? It could be true that your bank account is very small. So therefore, should you believe that you are not significant or successful? Yes or no. Should you believe that? Should that be should that be something that you submit to, uh, or should you say that uh, I am successful? Why would you be successful? Well, because I follow the Holy Spirit. Success is not measured uh, in wealth or stuff. Success is measured in obedience. Right? It's not. It's not. Success is not measured in anything other than obedience. And so um, you obey, you, 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 know, you follow the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the thing is, is that the more you hang on to deeply in your heart, I am successful, I am significant, I do have great value and great worth, then the more the fruit in your bank account may appear. 
if you want to guarantee that the fruit in your bank account will not appear, then you listen to the enemy and you agree with the enemy or submit to the enemy or just even bring your own self into question. Well, maybe, oh, maybe, maybe there's a point there. Maybe there's a point there. Okay. You follow what I'm saying? And again, we don't, you know, we, he, uh, when, we, when we talk about the enemy, when we talk about uh, the testimony of the enemy against you, uh, rarely does he show up in his red pajamas with his pitchfork. Uh, you know, usually these are arguments within our own mind, and we don't realize that we're being ministered to out of the Adamic nature out of a history that's dead, uh, out of a testimony that when it stood against Adam, it had power to defeat him. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.